0: I've got an extra toilet. Cause right. who doesn't? Click, click, wait till click, tomorrow. Click, yeah, poo. yeah, we're
1: making it. Yeah, just hit it. Hit it real hard with a wrench. Like this one can flush 38 golf balls
0: in one. <laughs> like this is bonkers. Welcome to another potentially useful episode of the TCAPS Loop Podcast. My name is Larry Burden, and he's about to cover dangerous terrain like a digital bear grills. It's TCAPS Executive Director of Technology, Evan O'Branovic. On today's episode, our unflinching guide will lead us through the tech thicket that is mobile device management. So let's gather our provisions and gear up for this week's TCAPS Loop Moment of Zen. Never fear quarrels, but seek Hazardous Adventures So Evan this if i'm correct is the episode where you tell us that students should use their mobile devices in class take it away Yeah No <laughs> that's not what we're doing Wait a I mean minute. there's
1: there's a, there's a time and place for that yeah you might have to back it up a little bit but um not quite I, I think that conversation is ever going but i think we're now the pendulum has swung as many people probably have experienced right the cell phone the mobile device ban we're trying to help our students focus less on that and more on education, I would guess, is our number one priority. But if you've been here long enough, that pendulum will again swing back. And I'm sure we'll be talking about why every kid needs a device in their hand at all times and how that's going to help them be the better self. So just give it time. We'll be right.
0: there. So then why are we talking mobile device management? Uh, Aren't those the mobile devices we're talking about?
1: No. So when when in our reference, mobile device management, you know, the easiest device to think about is like an iPad, right? So a tablet device that's a little bit more mobile. But nowadays with our laptops and obviously Chromebooks, we're so kind of portable that all these become in that realm of mobile devices. And if you're a smaller district, you can maybe wrap your head around how to kind of keep things organized without using some sort of system like a mobile device management, there's tons out there um, to kind of keep everything in place. But the bigger you are, or just as you are introducing more devices, it becomes, in my opinion, an impossibility to effectively do any of that. And, and then the devices are no longer a value add, they are a value to track because not only does it give free reign to anyone using that device to maybe use it in all sorts of ways other than what you intended Uh, then you as say a tech department and and I'm sure as the teachers who are on the front lines working with it have no real control over just making sure all the right pieces apps whatever you need on that device is available and accessible Um, and that as things are changing or you're doing other things that are kind of one-off say like a testing window. Are those pieces in place and is this going to work or are we going to sit here for 20 minutes, 30 minutes all day and be like, oh, we're trying to troubleshoot, working on having to touch each device individually, which used to very well be the thing, right? We have to touch each device to get this set up. Um, And when you have something like uh, MDM or mobile device management, you don't have to do that so it really can streamline. And in our case, it really made opportunities available for devices that we had no interest in in working with and and then it became a more realistic possibility which is exciting cuz then everyone gets something that you know maybe they were anticipating was a big no and now we can work those in and not be pulling our hair out
0: and then also ensure that it's going to work well for the teachers and the students it seems like over the past you know t- 10 years since we went one to one and we built up a system to be able to efficiently manage our laptops, that many laptops. It's so cool that now we have a system, another system that can do the things that we've been doing with our laptops for a number of years Right. Um, to open up that possibility. So then the next question would be, what's the difference? Why Why would we want to, we have these laptops, we have these digital devices that can do all these really cool things. Why the mobile device?
1: Yeah, and I think it, it goes back to that point. So it was a really good kind of conversation starter, you have your laptops and, and to an extent you have Chromebooks, which those platforms, depending on what you're using, so in our case, we're a Windows laptop shop, there's built-in tools within our, so our Active Directory, which creates our user accounts, but then the Microsoft tools have the pieces within there where we can do the same thing I'm talking about. We can push apps out to those. We can push the image out to all the laptops with, again, not having to touch every single one, making sure it knows which Wi-Fi to connect to in the right places and, and all these things, and then do a lot of fun customizations based on user accounts. So that you can give those different users those permissions, and that's all great. And what didn't come with any of these mobile devices, in our case, you know, really specifically, the one that became the the big X of like, no, 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 we can't deal with that was iPads. It was just, we can't introduce these. They're just these one-off devices. I have no control. You have to um, create your own Apple ID, download your own apps and good luck. And so that living on an island with those devices was the biggest issue. We had those ones and that good existed. good luck connecting
0: to our network. Yep. Have fun. Have well, fun we with still that.
1: have that conversation <laughs> a little bit, which is nice because it kind of gives them the option. We, we have a little freedom of choice there. So I'm saying with the laptops and to an extent with the Chromebooks, there's a little bit of built-in. Now with you know the explosion of, there's a lot of different choices of terms of which MDM do you want to use, right? And, and they all come with a price and some have different tiers that you can get in. We have one that we actually can use for free up to a certain extent, so it's great. And so you can still add those on top of what's already existing in some of these platforms so we can add something to do a little bit more with the laptops we haven't needed that but that's available there we've seriously considered at least at some point with the chromebooks because they're more in the hands of the students every day and then there are really great tools that we are going to try that aren't quite full mdms but like management softwares that go on top of that And so with us really focusing on, you know, the ones that were totally in the Wild Wild West, like the iPads, we were like, okay, at first we're not interested in doing this. It's too difficult. Everyone's got to be on their own island. And now with the bringing in of this MDM, you know, we can do a whole lot of control and help support. And that's the biggest thing for us. And that's how we pitch. You should go through us to do this as opposed to kind of going rogue is. You know, If you allow us to help facilitate this purchase and bring this device in and enroll it, now we can control all these different aspects of it that will hopefully make your life a whole lot easier and you just gotta pick it up and go. Make sure it's charged, you let me know what needs to be on it and then we can do things that we all like to do around here is like, if it gets lost, we can take all these lovely expensive apps and pull it off that one and put it on a new one. Um, We can ensure that certain students or access levels can change based on how they log in. We just have this incredible amount of flexibility and customization that makes them 100% more viable and has turned us from the angry tech guy no Like, no, 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 good luck, right? Like you just Uh, said, good luck. But on the other end, good luck to connecting. You get to get on the guest to absolutely, let's get this going. We'll make sure it's on the right Wi Fi profile. And then, oh, give me your list of preferred apps and I'll have those all preloaded for you, ready to go and, and set that. So it's just been a huge advantage. And I think there's a lot of people kind of discovering that. And there's a lot of easy entry points to make sure that you can do that to give again. The, the best possible use cases for all the devices that you might find. Because in our case, iPads were for us like a big no, but you can't argue their application education, especially in certain realms like special education or the younger grades. So um, to be able to do that and offer it has been uh, an incredible kind of benefit.
0: I guess that would be my next question. Where have you seen it being used and how is it being used and leveraged to its best degree or highest degree so far? It started really for us in special ed.
1: So there's a ton of kind of really specific special ed applications that work or only work, say on an iPad, and that device in general will give that student kind of just a better level of access um, because it's more handheld, like it's mobile, right? Mobile device, Um, they can do that. And then they just tend to work better, can travel with the student, work in unique environments. And so that was the main driving force. And even though we were very Again, when we couldn't have a better set of controls, we're like, no, 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 you can't get an iPad. So if a teacher got a grant and they're like, I just want to buy a couple iPads for my class to do some center work. That's where we were very angry tech person. Like I said, and like, nope, there's no way or you got to connect to the guest. Good luck. I, I hope you figure it out. Um, so that was never going to be the answer for special ed. So I'm saying we were always struggling with the smartest way to do that. And then when we decided to take the plunge and really invest, and in our case, like I said, we're actually still running on a free version. We use Mosul, which is one of those that has free up to a point, and then you can use it. So we jumped into that, and it's been great. And all of a sudden, not only can we more effectively be accountable and control those iPads and what apps they need and everything for the special ed department, then we started to, again, branch out and be like, okay, teacher A, you have a grant, you want a couple iPads, absolutely. If you run that purchase through us so we can get them properly enrolled, you'll always be connected to the right network. Any apps that you want to buy, like free apps are one thing, but especially those ones that you pay for and then some kid smashes the iPad or you don't have to worry necessarily about oh, which Apple ID did I sign in with? Can I even transfer this over to the next one? Is it lost forever? It's like it's all done remotely. And we can do all the controls, making sure it stays updated, all these good things. It's like you are just set it and forget it. And that became a huge selling point. And the teachers in general, I think have really appreciated. They know it's an option now. We always go, okay, you can not go rogue, but we say you can absolutely get an iPad and bring it in and just kind of run your own system or it takes a little bit longer because it's always a a process, but you go this way and we enroll it and we can manage it for you and I think you'll find those benefits and we kind of list them out, like we said, a lot better and maybe one out of every order that we've had has opted They're like, "Ah, I just don't want to deal with it. And you're like, okay, but everyone else has seen that benefit and has appreciated and knows they can kind of contact and then tech is there for the support, which we typically do and we can help manage those things. So it's been great.
0: For a teacher, and I'm speaking a little bit from experience there, not as a teacher, but as somebody that has worked with iPads and and especially Apple devices within a primarily Google or Windows environment, ones and twos are manageable as an individual. If you get above that, say if you have – if a teacher was like, I want a an iPad station with like five iPads or whatever, that's, that's a lot – if, you, if you're just going rogue and thinking, oh, I can just manage this and it's gonna right. be fine, you're spending an unbelievable amount of time trying to update those and keep those current exactly. with what the district is doing and the the natural updates that are already are happening uh, via your iPad and all your apps. This is such a better option at scale.
1: Exactly. It's scalable, obviously, like we just said, to even larger groups. We have, say, our athletic department, which uses Um, entire class sets to do management of some weightlifting software that they can use to have the students record. And the thought of giving them 30 iPads and saying, I guess sign in with one Apple ID and download this app and then good luck. I mean, we would be nowhere. They'd just be sitting in their cart charging and maybe one or two would work and it would be all over the place. And now all of a sudden we have this total control and support, they know they're connected they take these apps that of course is always, every company wants, it only works on the iPad. Okay, great. So we push that out, they can use it uh, and it works and they and we don't have to worry too. The nice thing is when we talk about the newest risks or concerns we might have in cybersecurity, again, is it updated enough or just what's it connected to? What apps are on there? What's it pulling? Uh, what might it be dumping on our network if we just let you connect willy-nilly? It's like we now have that kind of all captured and controlled. And so again, it just puts a lot at ease of like, this is okay, you're running through our system, we know what's happening, you're still getting to do the things you want and request it. And you just know that none of those kind of uh, under the surface concerns of that glacier like coming towards the boat are really going to hit you, we've mitigated all that. And so it's just been a a huge, you know, bonus to be able to apply that and, and tell people that they have that freedom and we can work with that request. And so now I think our staff has kind of understood that. And so those requests come hand in hand with the understanding of what that process looks like.
0: So let's bring that glacier into play. Mm-hmm. So, well, we have this mobile device management system. Why can't we use personal devices and put it on our mobile device management system? So you can, but in that sense it's- And, and I asked this because <laughs> one of the first things I saw when I was doing research was a Reddit thread where somebody was complaining about a district quote-unquote, forcing kids to put their personal devices on oh, yeah. the MDM. I don't think that's exactly what was happening, but I'm, there may have been a, a, a policy, a district policy that said, sure. to have your device on our network, it has to be... Yeah, so,
1: I, I mean, maybe I would. I would not recommend that. That would definitely not be something we would do. Just because you never want to get into the business of kind of controlling or owning, like we just said, personal equipment or data. We're very cognizant about. The students have the ability here to to do a little bit of bring your own device at our secondary level, and, and that's great. We we can support that. There are certain elements pieces that won't work again like I said testing or something it's like it's really hard to just trust that a student's MacBook is ready to go and we can roll out a a digital testing environment for them so we still have the Chromebooks and have those times when they're using it and when it comes to their devices if they ever have an issue you know we have to just recommend you know you got to go to whatever local repair shop you're comfortable with or you know you contact the support that comes with you have a warranty still Um, But we don't mess with those because you don't want to be responsible or liable for potentially wiping someone's stuff out or just kind of messing with equipment that's not yours and that you don't have kind of the full control over. So you could say, oh, like I said, if the pendulum wanted to swing back and we're like, yeah, we're going to everyone can use their mobile device now. Everyone use their cell phone, but we're going to all enroll it so that we can control and, and do that. I think it gets really into a sticky wicket of, well, when are you looking and controlling my device versus not? And to say there's a good clean break to say, well, it's fine. I only do it when you're at school. It's just not how those systems work right now. It's kind of once it's enrolled and it's in there, it's ours, air quote, effectively. And so that's where until they maybe drastically change kind of how their software works, we, we wouldn't probably dive into that realm. So I would say it's still a very much a delineation of your device. And that's where we kind of give them the option. We have a guest network that's not as fast and doesn't have as much access as our kind of core Wi-Fi networks that our devices connect to and there's always that choice You're like you're welcome to bring this in and you got to connect to guest and whatever falls between that guest network and what you need it it is what it is because we have certain limitations and restrictions in place to kind of keep our network safe so
0: where do you see the growth in this where do you see this going So I think what it does as the systems
1: themselves, and like I said, there's more than just the one we use, which is Mosul, there's JAMP and and a handful of others I've heard of. It really opens the door for taking a look at what is the evolution of, say, student or just staff devices. And as we start to look to how that computing world changes, Windows PCs and Chromebooks kind of All right, say the majority now just because, again, they came with built in systems to help manage them. It's what we're familiar with. And, you know, the thought of diving into a kind of a slightly different operating system that we don't have as much control over or can't do is really scary. And I would agree we're not there yet. But this is like that door is now cracked. And so where I think that evolution is you're going to keep seeing companies see the value and obviously wanting to create a software that people want to pay for so they can do great things and manage it and kind of help with that. And then it will really open the door to, well, what is that right device? So what does students need? You know, there's been some nightmare stories about early adoptions of trying to give iPads to all the kids in a district. I think it was L.A.'s massive district that did that and had huge issues in terms of getting them jailbroken and students already learning how to hack them you know day one and open them up and so it wasn't there yet i still think we're we're in this gray area but it's getting better and better and it's already like i said flipped our mentality between like no way no how to okay we can figure this out yep we have this management we're getting better and better at doing it so it's becoming more efficient you know within the next probably five years you're gonna probably see districts being like Should we be considering, you know, and this is conversations we've had regardless of this, but now it's really reality of, should we be considering other devices? Is the Chromebook, as much as we love them, still the best student device? Now having pockets of different devices might be more realistic, right? Like secondary should be using something different, but yes, elementary Chromebooks are still the answer or vice versa. So just that kind of opportunity and option, I think, is where this evolution is taking us. Which is exciting as long as it keeps developing in a way, like I said, that we feel very comfortable being able to manage and that we can kind of control the right aspects of it to keep things safe in terms of cybersecurity and just also student access and, and getting them what they need. So, yeah, it can potentially kind of flip what just that
0: standard has become. I think about the fact that we have the back end, you know, there's a, a solution for the back end now, but we still have technicians that are trained on certain devices, you know, as you're looking forward and you're thinking, "Well, I've got to get my staff up to speed on not just Chromebooks in the Google platform or Windows in the Google platform, but I might have multiple platforms within that now. Take me to the the, the executive director mind and, you know, the training aspect. You know, what what, what are you thinking about preparing your, your staff for that potentiality?
1: Yeah, I think that is going to have to be, you know, even before we make a pitch, to say a staff as a whole or a more administrative team about this is a change that I think could happen. What's your guys' thoughts from you know their, episode? what are they using, what do they need? Do these other devices um, meet that need? For us, it would be that internal conversation from the department, it's kind of the same thing. So if we introduce even in pockets, these new devices, whenever they become ours, there's a certain level of expectation of service and support we have to have what does that skill set entail is it is it just certifications is it whole training courses is it bringing in the different vendors who are producing the devices to do some of that on-site training and what all comes with that in the sense of like what does that qualify you for uh what do we have to look at kind of what your role even is and and how that elevates you potentially you know if you're someone who can fix a windows pc fix a chromebook uh, and then you add in you know whether it's ipads and i mean you're building up that this person has now become even more inherently valuable, so we wanna honor that as well and balance it. Or does it become identifying certain individuals who, again, become the experts in one area and then keeping, say, our other expertise and in, in what's already there as we transition. So it could mean potentially bringing in more people or specializing and reassigning roles, but it's certainly gonna be an extra workload to a certain extent of how we would manage that. And that would be something that you hope most of your staff kind of, if you can balance it, get excited about. Cause again, it's a new opportunity. It's a new skill set, makes you more marketable. As much as we want to keep all of our people here, you know, there's obviously bigger and better things out there as as you kind of keep building that. And so, you know, to me, don't tell tell anybody. That's all about part of the excitement, right? You want to kind of build up internally and and have your people kind of work their way through and eventually maybe even become more valuable than, than you can sustain them. But, it takes time and that's okay because hopefully they're leaving that value a trail through your department as well. So yeah, that would be a big piece. And that's something, like I said, I'd wanna, you'd wanna lay out at least kind of some initial roadmaps for your yourself internally on that before you just kind of drop it in front of everyone else. Cause we in education, teachers, principals, love new things, especially new and shiny things. And so if you open that door, like I said, and it's cracked and you're like, all right, we're gonna go through this, you know, sometimes, The thought process is just yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take it. You're like, well, think about like what you're working on, you know, with your curriculum products, uh, how your day-to-day operates, you know, connecting. And then you'll have the the fallback issues of like, oh, well, this doesn't do X now. And we're like, Yeah, no, it doesn't. And like sometimes it can't, right? I can't even bend it to our will. So we have to have those considerations. So the process is always you know especially in education is longer than i think we want it to be but to have that so we're prepared and then hopefully kind of ease into the water um with those so that people are really again taking in all those considerations but it's it's ultimately all about again as i mentioned before what's this device gonna do for getting the students where they need to go. What are the objectives, the curricular goals, and how can the teachers then use that platform, whatever it is, to get them there? And if it works better than what they've had, then we
0: need to consider moving to that. We've had Mosul for a little bit here, and that's, as you said, just one of a handful. Yep. Now that you've had it for a little bit, what are the deal breaker features that you can identify as saying an MDM would have to have? Like, if you're another uh, tech director at a different district, what question would you like them to ask you about the experience that you had so far where you could say this is this is something that you need to know
1: yeah that's because i feel like we're still learning we've had some great meetings i'll give a shout out mosel's kind of support on the back end even though we're still in total free version, right? So they're not even getting anything off of us. Um, but to have some of the conversations we've had in the training and them showing us how these different features work and and delineating between, the, you know, so you have this like line within the platform of like, this is a premium feature because they're obviously trying to entice you. Oh, you want to pay for that. They're really good at saying well we can do it this way and you can use this feature that exists and yes maybe down the road you might be interested but they're like here's how you can get it all done so i'm saying we're still kind of discovering things all the time and the the best part would be you certainly need to do your training because as we sat down in the first couple meetings with them we had realized in some ways how we were doing things totally wrong right we had made everything so complicated for ourselves and totally like been like so what we just did in 50 steps you're saying there's three right here they're like yeah Definitely recommend you do those three instead. We're like, got it, got it, got it. But some of the ones I think that show right away in terms of the value, not only to us, but from the user side, so like a teacher and the student um, that have been just awesome and we've continued to play and develop is is being able to, I mean, the obvious one is push and control what apps are even visible um, and then kind of create the screen and I can build the view of someone's screen we're talking mostly ipads for them you know with a couple clicks and send it their way and that can be changed at any point but it's just really nice especially for certain students it's like they literally need to see this app right and i can put it so that the ipad has that app and nothing else on the screen so it's totally eliminated these distractions it still functions totally normal and like i said very quickly you could still go add if something like we don't even need the camera on there, right? Well, they're gonna get distracted and take pictures. Boom, camera's off. Pull that off and it's like, it's still there, but I'm just saying they don't have access to it. And then all of a sudden, oh, we need the camera for this event. It takes a few clicks to get it on. So just the ease of kind of that building, they call building the homepage, has been one that I think is just, again, from both sides showing the value. Because for us, I'm like, oh, this is incredible. So I can make it so they can't even click on the settings options here, or they can't get into the measuring tool because, what kid doesn't want to just sit there and measure everything instead of doing whatever work they're supposed to be doing? And then the teachers, obviously, at the same point, I'm like, just tell me what you want to see. Sometimes I'll even build it with them on like a Google Meet and share my screen and they can see the iPad. And then I, a few clicks later, I go, OK, I'm sending that update. And I like, go, oh, oh, yeah, all those things are disappearing. Oh, yeah, I just have my three apps. They're like, this is great. This is all I need to do and it'll work. I'm like, you're, you're all set. It's going to connect to our Wi-Fi every time and you're good to go because it has those profiles in it. That one's been, I would hope, like I said, we've really only dove into really hard into to Mozilla. I imagine most of them have some of that feature, but that one's been become a make or break. Like I would never move off that if someone's like, oh, we don't quite do that part. You can add and remove apps, but you can't maybe kind of manage what each, because I can do it again on an individual level or set it to a whole group. So if you have like those athletic ones, I can make all the athletic ones look the same and only have the one apps available that they need. And that one's been a huge, huge value add. And again, just makes those devices things that we can't necessarily do as much like a, a Windows PC or, or a Chromebook because they
0: have just, I mean, the built-in stuff is more limited. So I was just thinking about for like testing where you want just the testing app to be available and nothing else. Right. That's all you get. I mean, there's there's literally nothing else that this device can do at this point. And then as soon as that test is done, oh, yeah, that's
1: so powerful. I, so there's a lot of, again, a lot more than just a handful of classroom, they call them classroom management softwares, that put the power in the hands of the teacher. And that's something with our whole classroom refresh, which has nothing to do with the actual hardware in a classroom, but we think is an important element. It's going to be trialing some of those so that, As a teacher, I can pull this up, see all the screens like I can kind of on a more global level of all my students on their Chromebooks, see what they're doing, and then manage to that level of like, I can close certain tabs, I can lock a URL in to be like, this is what we're all looking at, send. And that's all they can do. And I can't open a new tab, you know, you just have a whole lot of extra control, which is very enticing, especially at the Chromebook level, because I said everything built in there, comes with it, we're not even close to that. But again to maybe look at investing in that piece to me that's kind of like an offshoot of an MDM and the thought of putting that power in the hands of the teachers and we've had some requests from that Mosul side They're like well can I control what apps and I wouldn't be opposed to that they don't have that kind of functionality quite ready yet but to give them a little bit more of the power to a certain extent so they can't maybe erase all these important settings but again. To be more on demand you do this you actually know how to use the software go for it and we're gonna see that in the Chromebook side which I think I think once we introduce that there's no going back because it's just that level of control and just functionality takes it to a whole another level like you said of just like this is what you're doing this is what we got to do now and then we can unlock it later but this is my main focus do this pull up student work see what they're doing talk to them send them short messages Um, pull it up for the whole class if they're doing something great. Like, let's see what Johnny's doing on his Chromebook. We can pull this up. Go ahead and show without having to get up or move. You know, they're just driving it and it's showing up on the screen. So that kind of thing, I think, is going to be another huge value add. And we're excited to do something like that. And you're kind of dabbling in that MDM world, so to speak.
0: Very cool. I love where it's going. All right. Hey, where can you be found online, Evan?
1: I can be found... Lo- love the LinkedIn. Just uh, my name, Evan Obranovic. Still on X, formerly known as Twitter. Again, just my name, Evan Obranovic. Actually got the invite code for Blue Sky. So now I'm dabbling in the Blue Sky world, which um, is still new and you have to, I guess, get off the wait list and get on there. So there's not a lot of whole lot happening, but I think my name is Evan
0: OB. Any of those platforms, uh, find me, connect with me. It's great. Awesome. Awesome. You can find t Sloop Loop on LinkedIn, Facebook, the artist formerly known as Twitter and Instagram. Rate, review, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Podbean, CastBox, Overcast, Bullhorn, or wherever else you get your ear candy. Thanks for listening and inspiring.
1: You kind of live in this world, but you're not connected to the other world.